0: All right, welcome to episode 11 of the At-Bat Baseball Podcast, presented by War Media, where we give you our thoughts on the latest Chicago baseball news, as well as take a trip around the league. I am Saul Rodriguez, along with Miles Porter. How's it going, man? It's
1: going good. It's going good. Had a good weekend of baseball, went 3-1. and Pitches were absolutely shoving. Didn't have my best weekend offensively, but the defense made up for it. And, you know, as a team, we're playing well right now, so it feels good.
0: Oh, oh, that's what, hey, that's what we're talking about. I know. Yeah, we we always start with a little bit of a miles corner. I know last week you, you didn't play last weekend, I should say, the one before. Uh, but this past weekend you did. Uh, any, what about any individual stats, man? Did you do? I know I saw a little bit of uh, on the Milwaukee Jaguars Instagram that you know the pitching was you know as you said shoved, but for you individually, what like what what does your offensive weekend look like?
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't one of my best weekends offensively, but it wasn't terrible either. It's a lot of hard hit balls right at people and. Pitchers, pitchers making good pitches, Um, but you know, I I would say definitely defensively was you know one of my best weekends, saving a lot of runs and making, making some very fun plays at third. um, You know, and just defensively, we as a team, team as as a whole this weekend, this past weekend, we played very, very well, Um, and and a lot of guys stepped up uh, who came into play. So you know, felt good. We're feeling good going into this weekend as well.
0: And then, uh, what's your guys' overall record?
1: Uh, Right now, I know we've can't think of it off the top of my head but i know we have a winning record i do know that
0: um, yeah i know i saw you guys are in first place i saw it no, yeah. i just didn't see the the overall record but that's what i'm I, one of those
1: guys where i i <laughs> i'm playing vision. so much i'm ne- i never i never check i never check our record but i know we're doing well <laughs> ladies and gentlemen we're doing very well so there's
0: that <laughs> no yeah that's that i mean hey, yeah, yeah, that's smart man i mean like i feel like even 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 just baseball or athletes in general like when you guys are playing a season and stuff like that it's like a lot of like and it is it's, it sounds like narcissistic but it's true like you just got to focus on what you're doing cuz it's like right, if you yeah, don't yeah. if you if you let anything like even if it's good or positive like kind of like barge in like it could ruin like you know your your vibe or just the, the team's yeah. vibe so i yeah, I, yeah. you can get in your head a little bit and you're
1: like oh wait oh god exactly, I'm thinking yeah, yeah, about yeah. this then you
0: know yeah yeah and it's like and again I'll, i've always said this too i'm like as far as i can tell cuz i mean it's like i have no the only uh, athlete past i have is 2 years of uh jv uh soccer uh and it's not even jv just regular jv i was so bad it was jv2 <laughs> hey,
1: it's better than Dude. nothing man you, you got you got all the credit you need bro <laughs>
0: hey you know what the only the only the only proud thing i have is that i had one career goal and like and up up until that point, I swear I never played soccer in my like like in, in the team before. So at yeah. least I have that right. I never made never played soccer, and that, but I made that team. You know what I'm saying? So at least at least yeah. I, at least I got that right. And and yeah, I will say okay. this. I will say this too. I'm also on a softball team. Uh, that we play uh in the fall, and uh I had a pretty good uh OPS. You know what I'm saying? My my overall WAR is probably bad because I I I'm pretty bad defensively, but um. <laughs> But we won't talk about that. We'll just we'll just talk. We'll, you know what I'm saying? We'll just talk about the offense. It's all good. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but back to uh, a professional. Now uh, we're gonna start off with the with the Cubs, who who honestly looked like they needed me this weekend because that was uh, that was tough to watch uh, in New York. But uh, in that because uh, they played the Baltimore Orioles too to start off the week uh, last week, and uh, they played one, uh, but the first the because the second game was postponed. That first game they had Keegan Thompson going, and I was pumped. I was like, you know, we'll see what Keegan Thompson does against you know the AL East. Uh, yeah. How you know, and uh, he was humbled because uh, he he did not do well. Yeah, he did not do well. Um, I believe it was like five runs in the first inning that he gave up, but the the Cubs ended up losing nine three. Um, in in general, I think with when it comes to the Cubs, uh, like we're getting to the point where it's it's a, it's a little uh, uh just uh atrocious to watch honestly. Cause I mean, it's, it's, you know what I mean? Like at the beginning of the season yeah. you had, you had say, um, and, and stuff like that. And it's we'll, we'll get into a little bit later, but when you, when you get, when you get to, you know, later, like, you know, June, July, August, it's, it's, it's like a, it's almost like a grind just watching these dudes. Cause it's, <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, you know where they're headed, you know, um, you know what's going to happen, especially with the fact that some of these guys are going to be gone soon. So like, you know, yeah. that also doesn't help, but, um, in, in general, Uh, it is uh, something uh, to watch for is just like how this team reacts to the the negative energy. Uh, But with you in that particular Orioles game, we'll get to the Yankees. uh, But in that Orioles game, what did you see from King and Thompson? What did you see from the guys? Um, I wish we had more uh, of a sample size to look at with those two games. But in that, in that, just that one, uh, one game against the Orioles, what did you see in that one?
1: Yeah, I mean, when kind of when I look back on on that start, there's there's a lot of a lot of mistake pitches, stuff, uh, pitches that are that are left up, and I kind of always go back to that just for just for you know I look at myself as a hitter. Um, if a pitcher is going to have success off of off of me, um, you don't want to leave any sort of fastball up. You don't want to leave anything down the middle. Nothing that I can get my barrel to. Um, and if there's one thing, if there's one of the things about the Orioles that I think people are Kind of need to recognize that they're a team that when they hit, they they kind of hit in bunches, um and and you know and it can be very pesky for the for the for the visiting team whoever's playing with them. That's what happened with the Cubs. I think it was you know just a matter of just making making better pitches and not letting the other team get the momentum. Uh, you know Keegan Thompson was hit pretty hard. Um, there's no you know no secret to that, and also he got hit hard in New York, and we're going to get to that too, but. You know, gotta make better pitches. Gotta, you know, you know, we just gotta, we gotta hit better. There's, there's many things about you know this, this, uh, this Cubs team that I can point out with that game and a few other series, and 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 just think to myself, okay, we need to improve on this. We need to improve on that. Um, I think just playing as a whole baseball team and you know just creating some sort of momentum for yourself and just going from there.
0: Yeah, and, and with with the Orioles too, and I think I said I said the, I said a little bit, or I kind of alluded to this last week, is that the Orioles, they're not necessarily, like, they're by record-wise, they're a bad team, but when you look at the division they're in, uh to get twenty six wins in that division I think is pretty mm-hmm. impressive in itself. I mean, they're nineteen nineteen games out. They they have no way they're probably not gonna make it to the playoffs. But the thing is right. like it's pretty impressive the fact that they've been able to get those wins in that division. They're always they always play hard against the Yankees, the uh, the blue jays, the Rays, the Red Sox. So yeah. they, they they hold their own. And I think we saw we definitely saw that against the yes. Cubs and just the fact that like how um in two different places, these two teams are as as much as they're both uh, in a rebuild mode. Um, so, yeah. W- w- now playing off that, uh, the Cubs went into New York. Uh, and actually, before the game, it was kind of interesting because um, the li- the Cubs lineup took a long time to come out. I think it was maybe like four o'clock or closer to four four o'clock Central that it came out. But I was like yeah. just thinking, I was uh, I was uh, watching it with a buddy who's Yankees fan. This guy, we're like talking. I'm like, why is it taking so long? At this, you know. The lineup's coming out, so maybe somebody has COVID or something's going on, and and definitely uh, something happened, and that was uh, Clint Frazier uh, was designated for assignment. Uh, Wade Miley came off the aisle, um, who eventually, and, we'll, and again, we'll get into that in a second, but he landed back on the aisle. But uh, I, I was kind of interested to see what what you thought on the Clint Frazier situation because um, so it came out that he was basically talking smack about the Yankees uh, right before – uh, that series, and then he gets DFA'd. Um, yeah. The I, I the only thing I don't understand about this is that I know that he was not, like, he wasn't good this year with us, mm-hmm. but, like, because yeah. he, I mean, he had a, uh, a base, I mean, just to, kind of says it all. He had a point .1 war. He uh, really wasn't doing anything offensively. I mean, I know he was injured. I think he was injured for, like, maybe, like, a few weeks, uh, but he had yeah. an OPS of 653. Uh, I, I don't with with the way the Cubs with the team the Cubs have I just didn't understand the move um especially because you know Brendan Davis isn't really going to come up uh this year most likely because of his injury and stuff like that Uh, what did you think about that that move by the Cubs
1: yeah I think it's I think it's pretty unfortunate and a pretty unfortunate situation and very very weird timing with the comments that he made about the Yankees Clint Frazier has always been a player that I've I've kind of, I've kind of always rooted for just because I remember his coming through the Indians and different, different you know things that he's had to go through in his career. I don't think he's ever gotten a fair shot, um, and I really think he, he's a really good guy who is just frustrated with really how he's been treated in his career to this point. I know, you know, like you said, he he did struggle with us this year. Um, I know he really wasn't hitting the ball hard in many cases when I when I'm watching Clint Frazier play. Um, and I know he was DHing most. He wasn't really playing in the field a lot. He's not. Hitting, he wasn't hitting the ball hard. So it was one thing to not hit well and not get on base. You know, if you're hitting the ball hard and it's right at people, then, you know, all right, you know, it's frustrating, but eventually you're going to find some green. Um, with, with, with a lot of his at-bats, it was a lot of weak contact. So I think that adds to it as well because when you look at Clint Frazier and his whole his whole build and everything about the information about him coming up. He was a very strong hitter growing up, especially in high school. Um, So I think I think it's just a matter of, you know, cherish your at bats, do your best to hit the ball hard at least and something good is going to happen. But he didn't get to that point. He's had a very unfortunate career to this point. I think he is a very talented guy still. Um, He just hasn't really had the chance to display it like I know he would like to. So I'm hoping I'm hoping for his sake he gets a, he gets an opportunity somewhere it's it's, 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 a, it's a pretty it's a pretty unfortunate story when you talk about the Clint Fraser story but in a many aspects as well he has to he has to play better he has to work on a lot of things with his game to probably get another you know shot somewhere.
0: yeah, I completely agree. I think yeah, it's like he doesn't do himself any favors on the field. No. But like I think the only reason, that, like, I questioned it or kind of thought about this as is, is a talking point is just because of the fact that, like, where the Cubs are at, like, it's just, yeah, it's just, yeah. it's just a, a kind of a, um not necessarily a weird move, but just something to look at because it's like, uh, they got room on the roster, they got room to experiment, they got room yeah. to do a lot of things, so, hey, maybe it is a clubhouse thing that we don't know and and something else right. happened or maybe it was just a PR thing like he was you know bad mouthing the, the Yankees what is he going to say yeah. about the Cubs you know it's stuff like that so right. anyways moving on to the, the the games though uh the first game the the first game against the Yankees was was a marathon and they, they you know that was actually worth watching i think it, as funny as it was I we we were, we were i texted you during in that game cuz i was like when is this game going to end yeah yeah but it was it it was really like uh, how to how to not win a game 101 like it was legit like got like in x innings, they went to 14 I believe it was and it was like it didn't look like anyone wanted to win that game which i thought was funny uh but I will say I appreciated a close game against the Yankees. i I'm telling you i I promise you because the next two games uh were as uh poor as it gets is, is <laughs> probably probably the nicest way to say it uh because uh but before real quick one one more thing too that I want to get to is uh, Wade Miley was pulled in that third inning. He ends up on the aisle with a shoulder strain. That sucks Uh, just because he's been literally on and off the aisle all season. Yeah. Uh, Hopefully, you know, it comes back. And that was a 15-day 15, 15 aisle that he's going to be on. But uh, one thing I did uh, want to point out, too, also was that I found uh funny, but, like, a really good move at the time. And just a smart... It felt like honestly that first game felt like a playoff game and I know it's not, it sounds corny because like the Cubs suck and like you know this is just like those type of games it's like you want to win these games yeah. against some of the best teams but David Ross walking Judge multiple times in uh in extra innings uh I thought was like we I was talking to my friend my friend pointed out first is just like you always walking I'm like that's pretty smart and I, for me I was just like oh he's just intentionally walking like the guy but then I was like oh yeah he's Aaron Judge and he's doing it twice like it, it is a really smart move, and I think it says a lot of David Ross and like the 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 you know the the management team and what they've, uh, what they plan to do in the future. Like what what kind of how they've grown since they've started. Like what what did you think about that about that uh pl- like that game plan against Judge, uh, in that first game?
1: I I you know I liked it as well. Um, I, Rizzo, I know Rizzo had an O for that game. Um, you know, and I think I'm not gonna say he's a easier her to attack, but not as threatening if you have Aaron Judge at the plate. Um, you know, there's, there's definitely, there's definitely an out you can get there because in, in that strategy, you want to, you want to try to get results to bounce out or, or you know, to, to, to do whatever um, and not get to Stanton behind it. So I thought, I thought it made tons of sense. Um, keep the ball away from Aaron Judge. <laughs> he's as hot as it gets right now. He's a beast. He's he's the monster, one of one of my favorite players, and uh, you know, I like it. I like that move. I think that those moves make sense. Um, you know, it, it it shows a lot of respect for Aaron Judge as well. Uh, you really, you really don't want him to have any opportunities up there to to end a game or, or to do any sort of damage. If it makes more sense to walk him in, in certain situations, do it. Do it. I and I think those those uh, those scenarios that he they were walked that he was walked in. Made sense,
0: and I think also Judge really showed uh, us why he walked him. If people were questioning, because a lot of people, uh, I saw, I did see a lot of uh, talk on on Twitter about like, oh, like you know, why would they walk this guy to get to you know about this? Like this doesn't seem like a smart move, whatever. But I think those people, you know, were educated the next two days of why they walked Aaron Judge, yes, (laughs) because. And, and I will say this, as, as, you know, as we get into a little bit of Aaron Judge talk is like, because, you know, you said he's one of your favorite players. I agree, man. He's like legit right now. I think personally right now, as much as, you know, Mike Trout is Mike Trout. Defensively, mm-hmm. he hasn't been the same the past couple of years, you know, injuries, whatever. But I think Aaron Judge, as of 2022, as of June 2022, Aaron Judge is the best player in the game in every aspect. Yes. Um, so, so that you know, that's just me. And I think with him, um yeah, we saw why. There was any type of, you know, uh, carefulness, uh, when pitching to him or when, you know, when even facing him the next two days because the guy hit like, you know, three home runs over the next two days or I think a couple home runs. And, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, especially on Saturday as we move on to the next game, that was eight nothing. Uh, Matt Swarmer allowed six solo shots. And I believe that was, you know, that was, that was like history or something. It doesn't happen all the time. Yeah. He allowed, uh, uh, six solo shots. I know, uh, Just before that game, just kind of like looking at Swarmer, I was like, man, he's a guy that could actually cause some trouble for the Yankees because he has, you know, like a couple pitches and his slider's a little nasty. Go, you know, just throw it low, see if, you know, the guy's like staying and and judge with swing and miss. And he did get a few swings and misses, but when it came down to it, they were on his stuff and they were on it because he couldn't locate Mm -hmm. it. So, yeah, yeah, Cubs lose that one, ain't nothing. And then on Sunday, I mean, that's just that was uh even more, uh, unfortunate 18 to four. Uh, and in, in the series, they were, uh, the Yankees outscored the Cubs 28 to five in total. Um, in that finale, Ian Happ, uh, went deep. He, uh, he actually finished, uh, a hit si- shy of the cycle. Um, it, overall, the Yankees, obviously the Yankees series against the Cubs, it was, it was, uh, just not fun to watch, but, uh, what, what are your main takeaways? And was it more of, just how good the Yankees are, or just how bad the Cubs are? Like, what, what, like, what are your takeaways from that series?
1: I think it's a mixture of both. I, I would say more, be, more because of how good the Yankees are. <clears throat> uh, I kind of, kind of was expecting that going and in, going into that series. This is a team that is clicking on every single cylinder that you possibly can click on. Uh, they don't have a lot of weak points, and for them, points that are kind of weak. Whether they're they're talking about Hicks struggling or, or Glaber Torres defensively not being what they want him to be. But you know, he he's really succeeding at second base and and, and Hicks is still a very valuable player to that team. They're very good. Uh, the Cubs, the Cubs are a team that is not anywhere close to where the Yankees are, and just about every other team in the MLB isn't either. And, you know, it's he, would you like to see the Cubs win? Yes, that would have been a great story. That would have been something really cool to talk about uh, for this team. But you kind of expected, the, you know, the result that we had. Um, they're a team that they, they did not take a single at-bat off. It's, even when they're winning, even when they're blowing out the Cubs, even, <laughs> even when Schwindel's on the mound throwing 35 miles per hour and, and Kyle is like, all right, cool, I'm, I'm I'm taking this over the wall. I'm not gonna just going to – you know, give get this little half swing. No, he. You know, they're playing their butts off every single pitch, and that's that's what a winning team is. That's what the Yankees are. They they compete every single pitch, every single at bat, every single inning. So it's just, um, you know, it's pretty much what I what I expected coming going into that series. And you know, probably probably a learning moment for a lot of the young guys too on that team. And you know, it's – the, the Cubs are gonna be all right. We're, it is it is gonna be a very long year for us. Uh, I know I know we're in June. Um, it, it, it I'm not. It's really not gonna get any 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 better. We're gonna have great stretches as well. Um, but you know this is a team that is kind of in a redefining stage of you know where they are in terms of what they want to do. So you know it's 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 good for the Yankees record it's unfortunate to watch it with the Cubs but you know it's it's kind of what you expect but going forward it won't always be like this
0: yeah and i think it's it, it's also good to for you know guys like uh, Horner and guys like you know uh, Keegan Thompson um, et cetera so to face the Yankees to face the best team in baseball to see what it takes to see what these guys do and yeah as you yeah. said that's one thing i didn't notice in the 18 to 4 game uh, as it got later in the game, as it got later in in that matchup, is just the fact that, you know, guys weren't taking in that bat off, no matter the score. I mean exactly. Aaron Judge was still out there taking competitive at bats. Stanton was still out there. And and I I was like, man, are they not gonna take these guys out or they you know no and they, they weren't taking them out and it was like, you know, seventh eighth inning. So it, it is something to look at. It is is uh a lot of uh Um, a lot of it, it's just the Yankees being that good. And I think also another thing is how much the Yankees pitching staff uh, isn't respected. Now people should see how well, how good that staff is this year. I mean, you could, you could, you look at one through five in their rotation and they literally have like five aces. So it's, it's, it's going to be really, really fascinating to watch the Yankees for the whole season, see what they do in the playoffs. Um, and you know, I think they have a really good chance of winning it all this year. So yeah, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see what happens with them. Uh, some more updates on the, on the Cubs side of things. Uh, say Suzuki shut down for the week. Hopefully he comes back by the weekend. Marcus Stroman to the injured list with uh shoulder inflammation, which is pretty, which is uh, pretty unfortunate there. Uh, the Cubs were uh, kicked off a series against the Padres, a four game series at Wrigley. And uh, they faced you Darvish for the first time since you uh, he was at Wrigley, I should say for the first time since being traded in December of 2020. Uh it was a close game but the uh Padres ended up pulling away 4 to 1. Uh Justin Steele, man. I mean, he's he's uh, had another great start um really over the last few months or I should say the whole season. He's really only had one bad start where he gave up 7 runs against the Reds. But once again, he's, you know, he's been pretty, he was pretty impressive. Second straight start where he goes seven innings, allowing one run, one earned run. Mm -hmm. Uh, And this was against two, two uh, playoff caliber teams in the Cardinals and uh, Padres. Uh, He had seven, seven, seven. What I, one thing I I heard uh, Jim Deshaies say he had 77 pitches, 60 strikes. So that was pretty cool. And also, he's he's not getting barreled up that much. He's he's in the ninety eighth percentile for barrel percentage, so it's good to see, man. I mean, any any type of uh, positivity with the Cubs helps out, especially from the pitching side, and Justin yeah. Steele's been doing his thing, so that's good. Uh, looking ahead to the rest of this Padres series, and and then we, uh, the Cubs welcoming the World Series champion Braves, who are red hot. We'll talk a little bit more about them later. Um, but yeah, what, what do you think overall about this uh, this upcoming homestand? And what do you think what do you think the Cubs can do against uh, the Padres and Braves?
1: <sighs> I don't know how much they can do against these two these teams coming in. I think you know, I always I always like to talk about at least we're at Wrigley. You know, there's a thumbs up right there. Uh try to neutralize the offense of the Padres. Um the Cubs have proven uh in their last series against the Padres, this is a team that they can beat. Um I really just think if you, if you can neutralize their, their bats because offensively they are a very dangerous team, but I don't put them in that category of like elite hitting. Um, this is a team that you can't, that, that, that you can't beat. And I think, uh, you know, who we have starting going forward against for the rest of the series, I know it's, this is a pretty big series as well. I think if it's four games, if I'm not mistaken, um, you know, I think just just, you know, keep, keep the ball, keep the ball out the air Um this this is this is a team that I realize hits into a lot of double plays, hits the ball on the ground a lot. Um, you know, try to miss as many barrels as you can. Manny Machado is, he's Manny Machado. He's, he's he is one of the best players in baseball this year, um, and I think he really has come into his own. I think he has matured a lot. Uh, there are, there are certain things about his character that didn't sit well with many people in the in, in the earlier part of his career, but I, I do believe that he is. A player that is really, really good for the game of baseball. Um, you know, so you know, I think, I think aside from him and, and a few other players, Eric Hosmer, Luke Voigt, just just keep keep the ball out of the air. Um, and that's really the case with a lot of these teams, man. No, they can't be missing up. So I, um and then with, with the Braves coming into town, same thing, same thing. Just you know, do everything you can just to just to don't give them any chances, any any sort of based on balls that we're giving or, or, de- or defensive errors, but the Cubs are pretty solid defensively. Um, you know, just don't give many chances that that's, that's really it. But both the Padres and the Braves, These are two teams that are playing for something this year and proving, trying to prove something to a lot of people and themselves. So. Yeah.
0: yeah and then not only that, I mean, you're right. Keeping the ball out of the air. Cause I mean, it's gonna, it's hot this week in Chicago, yeah. so it's like a hundred degrees. So it's, it's, the ball's the ball i'm sure will be flying all week long mm-hmm. uh last or uh, on monday night's game there wasn't much uh home run action but yeah i know Jan Gomes hit one but yeah definitely this you know this whole week is going to be something to watch especially with ronald Acuna coming over uh over the weekend uh so yeah the cubs got uh, three more against the padres and three against atlanta over the weekend uh they sit at uh, 23 and 37 so it's it's still uh uh You know, an exciting team to watch when you got, you know, guys like Seiya Suzuki um, and uh, young guys out of the the, uh, rotation like, uh, you know, Keegan Thompson and Justin Steele. So Cubs got something to look forward to. Let's see. We'll uh, we'll see how the next week turns out. Uh, Moving on to the White Sox, where we have a lot to talk about with them. Uh, They sit at 28 and 31. Uh, They're six games back of first place. They're still in third now. A couple games behind the Guardians. Um, they lost a series against the Dodgers, and they lost a series against the Rangers, so they continue not to do themselves any favors. Uh, that series against L.A., uh, they won the first game at a guaranteed right field behind uh, Kopech's great start. He had a uh, six shutout innings, striking out eight. Uh, and in the next two games, they were, just weren't able to, uh, to do it against the, the Dodgers. They lost uh, game two, four to one. Uh, great effort from Quato. He continues to, to do work, man, in six innings, allowing three runs. Uh, but uh three homers from the Dodgers it was Bellinger uh Will Smith and Trey Turner uh that were uh the uh downers for the Sox uh the Dodgers uh completed the series win with an 11 to 9 win uh after uh, Tony Larusa's intentional walk uh so yeah so we'll we'll just get into that man because that that series so i think when it comes to uh Tony Larusa, there's so much to talk about first before we talk about uh what we think about his you know his Job security, uh. But first, in that just this isolated incident, when it comes to what happened, was he walked Trey Turner on a one and two count to face Max Muncy, um, and Max Muncy ended up hitting a three run homer. Uh, so again, he walked a player with the count at two strikes, and when they asked him after the game, he said, you know, well, first of all, he it was really, he didn't really say much. Which says which says a lot, but really what he was saying is just you know he's like have you seen Trey Turner's uh, numbers when he's you know no strikes one strike two strikes something like that. Um, anyone's batting average is bad when there's two strikes, so I don't I don't understand what he was saying at all. Uh, but I'll leave it to you, Miles. What else? Uh, what what do you have to say about this particular uh, TLR <clears throat> incident?
1: So last week when this happened, I put it on my Instagram. And I was like, hey, "Hey guys, give me give me your comments. I'm gonna read these in the show. Um, I'm gonna read these before I before I say what I want to say, and then you know we're we're gonna go from there." So, old teammate of mine, Julian Payne, this is his reaction to what Tony has said afterwards. <clears throat> in quotes, "Incompetence and negligence on taking accountability for making poor game time and over management decisions. That." in his management style of a bygone era, not befitting the current game. Shout out to Julian Payne. Julian is a very big White Sox fan. Um, I think (laughs) he says says it great. He he said that best. And uh, another comment I got from Ernesto, Ernesto Malola, shout out to him, went to to elementary school with him. He needs to retire ASAP. LOL. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) no that was it (laughs) Um, oh yeah i i those are the those are the ones that i got that i really wanted to highlight and, and read uh i think it's just i i remember i remember my dad getting into getting into a heated debate with one of his friends last year uh about tony la russa and talking about how la russa his friend was talking about how la russa was great and he, he's so great for the White Sox and he's a great manager manager for this team. My dad, who who, who kind of predicted this from the beginning, going back to the Ramin Mercedes incident, didn't feel like this this manager is going to age well with this team at all. He, 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 you you have a very talented group of players that you are that you are currently managing. Now, I understand that. You know the, the the owner feels bad about firing Larusa uh, way back when, um, and, and kind of wants to make up for it now. We got to think about the game first. We got to think about the performance uh, of the of the players and, and what what we're putting on the field, uh, and 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 who's the and who's leading these guys. I'm not. I don't. I don't want a coach or a manager who's here just because the athletic advisor or, or director or, or whoever of any level the team uh, is hiring this, 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 coach or manager, just because they're friends or they feel bad about something. No, no, absolutely not. You're the Chicago white Sox. You, you, you were one of the best teams last year. There's no reason that this team shouldn't be in, in, in first place right now. I know that they're dealing with multiple injuries and, and I think it's great that Lance Lynn is back. Um, but you know, I think now more than ever, you need good leadership. Uh, I think Mad Dog said it best this morning in terms of, he doesn't know how much of the game Tony La Russa knows in 2022. Um, his, his style of managing and, and how he sees a game is, is still a little bit, is getting a little bit more aged uh, from when he, when he was in his prime as a manager. You look back on 2022. This is a very, very different game. It's the, same, it's the same baseball game, same rules, but certain playing styles and tendencies are different. It's, it's a game that's just evolving, you know, and it'll be different again in another 20 years. Um, we, we, we cannot be we cannot be bringing people in just because we want to make something up to them. Because you're, you're letting down you're letting down your players. You're letting down the coaches. You're letting down an entire fan base, an entire city just because you want to make a promise to a friend. This isn't this isn't just, just whatever. You, you, this is an entire baseball team we're talking about, a pro team with fans who want to see their team win. Um and, and in a lot of ways, I saw a lot of White Sox fans who were behind the La last year and, and, and were supporting him. And I know they were kind of, you know, kind of eh about him, but they're letting certain things slide because they were winning last year. Now you got them chanting during the games. Fire Tony! I, I just I don't know. I think I think you really do owe it to the to your players. and You owe it to the fans to put your team in the best position possible and kind of put your feelings aside um, and kind of put certain friendships aside and think about what's the what's best for this team. What what is the best thing I could do for this team? And I don't I don't think Ryan Storp. Did that for them. Now, right now, at least. Obviously, he's not going to go anywhere this year. The roost doesn't have to. There's more than enough time to turn things around once guys are healthy again. Once, you know, th- th- this, this season, we're only in June still. But um, this cannot be uh, a tendency going forward for the White Sox. The White Sox continue to play this bad this year and they don't make the playoffs. And, Come September, if he's a, if he's a, if LaRousse is the manager of the White Sox in 2023, the fans are going to let them know that. Sox fans will not show up to games. They they're 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 not gonna they're not gonna be happy about it. So I don't know. I just I feel bad for the White Sox. I feel bad for Sox fans. I feel bad for the players. Kind of feel bad for LaRusso as well because he he is doing his best. He is. It, it, he's not trying to lose. He just it's just it's a different day for him. So that's what I think.
0: Yeah, I mean, with with Tony La Russa, I think what the the thing I saw, and I mean, you hit it on the head with everything you said when it comes to the decision making there. Because I mean, uh, it, it's just puzzling in every way. I mean, the, the I don't understand why. And it's kind of like the Joe Madden thing too. It's like you know, not comparing the two managers, but and we'll we'll talk a little bit about Joe in a little bit, but uh. The, in a play, not, not that people would do this in a playoff game, but in a playoff game it would make a little more sense, and because well, you're doing whatever it takes to win. Um, when it comes to a regular season game in June, it makes a little less sense. Um, right now, when it comes to Tony La Russa, it makes a whole lot. It makes a whole like it doesn't make sense a whole lot. But I think also another thing too that I think Sox fans don't appreciate is just just you know like I said the post game, uh, you know, you know uh, conference. It's just. There was no answers. There was not, you know, to not even back up what you were doing, uh, and, you know, kind of like, uh, in, in an ang- in an angry way too. I think, uh, which says a lot. Um, and it's yeah, it's just not what Sox fans deserve. It's not what the team you know deserves. Um, and yeah, I think, uh, it he does have a lot to, to do. I think this season when it comes to, the way the team is performing, um, as much as I've said before that managers can only go so far and do so much. I just think that when it comes to lineup optimization, we've talked about before on this show is just, it's not helping. And, you know, it's just like, it, it just seems to be only getting worse when it comes to situation on the socks. Um, and this doesn't help it at all. And it's just because it's one of those things too. It's like, this team should be focused on winning games and getting healthy again. If people are focused on what Tony LaRusse is doing or what Lance Lynn is doing, for example, and we'll get to that in a second, it, it, it's just not helping the team whatsoever. And, I think too is just the fact that like, you know, this how how much this team is underperformed. I think they'll so. I personally still at this point in June still believe that they'll be in the playoff hunt late in the season and still might sneak in sixth or fifth seed, whatever it is, because I think I just think there's too much talent on this team and when healthy, they should be fine. But yeah, I think should they be should they be going down that road without Tony Larusa, is the next question that I was going to ask you. For me, I'm gonna say they should be going with without Tony La Russa. I think the right thing that the right thing to do were to be is like were to is to uh, or I should say the right thing to do right now would be to get rid of Tony La Russa. It's it just it just is it just from an organization organization standpoint, from a winning up standpoint for like the where the White Sox are at right now in their hist- in the history of their organization they should be letting go of a guy like Tony La Russa. It just is, and I know that it won't happen. Because it's Jerry Reinsdorf, and I know you—you you know, uh, your answer may be similar to mine. But it's like, wh- why? Like, do you not why? But do you think that? Do you think there's a small chance that Jerry Reinsdorf, you know, you know, actually makes the rare but right decision to get rid of Tony La Russa, or do you think that's just a foregone conclusion? Like, it's not not going to happen.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't think it happens during the season. Um, I think maybe it's a conversation during the off season. I think it's very, the, the, the fact that he, that he felt terrible for something that happened so long ago um, and to bring him back, you know, at this point in time, you know, I don't, I don't think he would be too quick to get rid of him, even though he's made mistakes dating back to last year with rule changes that are pretty, pretty big mistakes. And, with all the resources in, in professional baseball as a manager, all the people who, who, who give you different information, can't, oh, gosh, can't some of these things just can't be happening. I don't think so. I don't think it happens this year. I think I think Ryan's Dorp is pretty set on it. Um, maybe, maybe they have a conversation this winter. I think that is more likely to happen. Um, but to, for it to happen during the season – I'd be very surprised if Reinsdorf did that unless the White Sox pull the Los Angeles Angels. I think that's that's like the only scenario that I could see that happening. But um, no, I don't see him. I don't see him leaving this year.
0: Yeah, that, that basically says it all. Yeah, I think as much as Sox fans hope that it would happen like today, uh, yeah, it won't and, and it probably won't happen anytime soon. But I, I mean, and I've said this before too, and it's like, even before the situation, it's it's a hard pill to swallow for Sox fans, but I don't think, and I mean, well, now this year you can almost say it's for it's for sure thing, but I don't think the team that's going to win the World Series or the manager that's going to win the World Series with the White Sox is going to be Tony La Russa. I just don't see it. Um, at the beginning, it was a little bit of a questionable move, but at the end of the day, the Sox still made the postseason last year. One of the best teams in the league. Um, but you know it just, it's just not going to happen with Tony La Russa and, Um And so we'll, we'll see what happens in the off season, but I think hopefully they'll make the right decision and move on. um. And I think, you know, but it'll, it'll still be something to watch out for because if they somehow make the post season, I know obviously that affects the decision-making there um, to see how far they go and stuff like that. But yeah, anyways. Um, when it comes to the rest of the week for the Sox, they t- uh, took on the Texas Rangers and it didn't get any better from there. Um, they ended up losing a two out of three in that one. Uh, in the first game, it was a good win against the Rangers, a big game for Grandal who had three RBI. He's he at that point was not a hundred percent, but then he went now he you know coming back from a, a hamstring injury, but now he goes on the IL with back spasms, um, and so that's that's another uh, tough blow for the Sox. Uh, in game two, the Sox blow a five-run lead. Um, I believe that was uh, one of the games where they were yelling fire tony uh and they eventually lost that game eleven to nine uh in ten- in ten and then in uh, game three, that one was a wild affair uh but the Rangers ended up winning nine to eight in twelve innings, eight runs were scored in extra innings uh but the sox were scored five to three um and also uh the sox ended up uh um sending down Gavin sheets, which I thought was uh a interesting move too. Um, just because we talked about him earlier with, uh, or in another episode with Chris Pennant about him, you know, being a possible trade asset for the Sox. And he still could be, he's a young guy. So, uh, we'll see what the Sox do with him there. Uh, Michael Kopech was removed from his start on Sunday, which was, um, you know, not a good look. He was, it was, he, uh, had his knee drained and, uh, he may start on Sunday, uh, in Houston. So that's at least the good, the good uh, news for him. Uh, Lance Lynn made his season debut on Monday. Uh, his velocity was down, but uh, he just went four and a third innings, allowing three three runs on ten hits. Um, that's another another thing too. Uh, so Lance Lynn had a big argument with uh Joe McEwing, the third base coach for the Sox, and he w- looks like you know it was uh out of pure frustration or something. I don't know what they were exactly necessarily were arguing about. And I think I did hear on a Sox post game where like they were talking about maybe or he, they were talking about how it didn't seem uh, like just any argument uh, because Joe McEwing looked like he was saying certain things about Lance Lynn. Um, nothing was confirmed though. Cause they asked Tony La Russa, they asked Lance Lynn and they, they basically just kept their mouth shut about it. It was, it was, they kept it in house. Um, uh, Tony La Russa didn't really say much about it. And then Lance Lynn kind of joked about it saying they were arguing about what like ribeye steak or something like that. Uh, anyways, uh, when it, when it comes to, that situation what, what did you see and and what's another takeaway from from another another Sox polarizing moment
1: i think it's just frustration boiling over and you know Lance Lynn still trying to still you know first start getting getting his feet wet getting getting his routine going again in the season um that happens that happens on every team at, at some point whether team is winning or losing uh definitely said with the white Sox, i think it's just, it's just frustration. That's all it is. I, it's really not something that I, I'm looking too deep into it. Just and, you know, they end up, they end up winning that game. Um, I, I just, you know, I think sometimes you got to light a fire under each other and, you know, you, 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 just go from there. Probably it was in the moment. It probably seemed very, very serious, but when you, when you really think about how the team rallied and won and you, you know, I don't know, you look at how they handled it in hindsight, wasn't it, it? Really, wasn't anything uh, anything too deep, too deep for Sox fans to worry about, honestly.
0: Yeah, and, and as you said, they won that game. Uh, yeah, they ended up winning um, nine to five against the Tigers in the first game of the series on the back of two Jose Abreu home runs. He's killing it. I mean, the guy has uh, one point uh, three two three OPS in his last fifteen games, so it's good. It's a good takeaway from that game. And yeah, as you said, I know it, it was just more. I think. It's probably got to be frustration on multiple ends. Uh, him not being able to pitch most of the season, coming back and, and having a, a, a... or struggling a little bit against the Tigers to start off, which I think is completely normal. I mean, it's, it's his you know season debut. So uh, we'll, we'll see... Uh, we you know what happens in his situation, but yeah, I think it when it comes overall in his um performance, but yeah, I think it I've seen that multiple times with teams that you know where you know it's not going well for the team and it kind of um kind of uh leaks into you know situations like these and it kind of you know it looks like the situation boiled over, which is nice, um, but yeah, it's it's something that I think won't be the last time we'll see something like that this season for the Sox just because of the way their season's going. Um, with, uh, another update on, on Sox, uh, injuries, uh, Eloy Jimenez, uh, who was out with a hamstring, uh, the update on him was he was pulled from his minor league rehab assignment. Uh, he's battling some discomfort in his, uh, surgically repaired right leg. Uh, Sox believe it's, Sox believe that it's normal. His return has now been delayed from mid June to late June. So again, this, this goes into like what I was saying, what I said last episode too is like, I, I don't understand that the. the the point of him trying to rush back, like, I, I I, I get to a certain extent the fact that I know the team needs you. I, I see that. But it's like the the way that the team is, uh, the way that, you know, the things are going right now, I think you're better off just playing it safe and, and you know, waiting it out. But Aloy uh, like Jimenez obviously is trying to rush back and, and this kind of, you know, kind of says it all of, you know, there's no need to do that. So he's going to be, back a little sooner uh rather than later Um uh, or he's gonna be back later rather than sooner uh but yeah looking ahead uh for the rest of the series against the tigers they got two more against the tigers and then they play at the juice box in houston uh what, what what do you see uh in this coming week i know the tigers are a struggling team so we you know we 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 hope the Sox take two out of three there or even take the sweep it'll be a good bounce back sweep uh, Houston is going to be a tough series though. Uh, but what do you see in these uh, next two series?
1: Oh, I think, I think this, uh, the, the White Sox do come away with the series win against the Tigers, um, Tigers aren't really, you know, they're not playing well, but I do believe that still could have gone either way for this team this year. But, you know, I, um, you know, no reason why the Sox don't win this series against Detroit, uh, going to Houston, that's going to be a very, very hard series. Um, you're playing against a very talented Houston Nationals team that is taking advantage of that division and the angels with their struggles, Um, you know, but that's also a series that I think is one of the times that the Sox can prove themselves not to just, just to, just to the, to the fans or the team, but kind of prove it, kind of just prove it to themselves in general. Um, We're a team that, that belongs to compete with those, with those who are held in higher regard um I think it's going to be a really good series. I can see that one going either either way. um You know, you got it. You got a rematch going on. I love it. um You know, I think it can go either way. I, I, I like the Sox. I like the Sox going to Houston for three games, and you know, kind of kind of making a statement. They can they can you know announce their presence there. So,
0: yeah, as you said, a rematch of uh, the twenty twenty one ALDS. So
1: yeah.
0: it'll be a. Uh, you know one to watch uh astros are just playing you know on a whole nother level too it's just uh they were you know were without carlos correa but they were able to you know bring up a guy in jerry pena who looks like you know the second coming of korea i mean the guy does it all yeah. and yeah. uh it's insane on in every way defensively and offensively he's killing it so uh yeah so it's it's going to be an uh you know definitely a fascinating uh, series for the Sox and hopefully they can bounce yep. back. I mean time is still on their side. They got plenty of you know baseball left. Um and still a trade deadline, you know, what they could yep. you know add any assets and 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 uh, make their team better on the field. So hopefully they get you know uh get it together uh you know pretty soon um and get back to their winning ways. So uh yeah like we said the Sox are 28 and 31. Um Got a couple more games against Detroit and Houston for the rest of the week. Yep. So we're going to move on now to uh, the rest of the league and see what uh, has happened over the last week. Now the angels finally won a game. You brought them up a little earlier. They won. they finally won a game. Um, but they also fired Joe Madden, And that was, you know, a little bit of a surprise for me because I I don't think, um, I think, well, I think also it kind of shows like where Hauser uh, and his, Organizations act like we got the White Sox, who you know should be a World Series favorite, and they're still hanging out of their manager, even though they've been struggling and under under five hundred, and have been under five hundred for a large period of time now. But you have a team like the Angels, who are just trying to get to the playoffs, you know, for the first time in a while, years like almost a decade now, and so they they get rid of Joe Madden, they have uh, Phil Nevin now as the interim a manager, uh, with their situation. Like, what do, you, what do you think has been the main problem, or has it been a mixture of problems for them?
1: I think it's really been like a mixture of issues for this team. I think I don't, I don't, you know, I've been saying it to, to friends. I, I don't think it was ever really a, a Joe Madden issue. Granted, there were some decisions that he made uh, this year that we were just like, whoa, okay. Um, but I think, you know, as, as you know, growing up as, as a Chicago baseball fan, for us, it's not, it's not very out of the ordinary. Uh, you know, for us, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, he did that. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's Joe Madden, of course. Um, I just, I just think the, the, the angels are a team that they, they, they hit the ball so well, um, defensively, they're all right. And really, this, this pitching staff had a, has had a lot of promise, but, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those, it's one of those organizations when when things go bad goes terrible, so they kind of needed a scapegoat and the point of the finger at Joe Madden, even though he got the mohawk to try to motivate his players uh you know it, it it's a, it's unfortunate, but you know I'm happy that they finally snapped that losing streak. I just don't think it was a Joe Madden issue, but they needed some sort of scapegoat for that if you you look at Joe Madden as a manager, he's a very very players kind of person, he's very supportive he's very inspiring for his players but um you know it's just I, yeah i don't know it's a decision i didn't really agree with but if, if they felt like that was the best way to turn things around and you know they end up you know snapping that losing streak but it was a few games after madness left and they felt that was the right decision all right cool um i disagree
0: no yeah it, it, the, as, as you mentioned it with uh, the Mohawk, that was. uh kind of it made me kind of cringe to myself just like the fact that uh joe man like joe madden you know he was out here just trying to get his team going getting man. a mohawk and then nobody man. got to see it because he got fired the same day that he was going yeah, to show team. So that's <laughs> that's rough i felt um, so
1: silly i'm sitting here with this with this haircut
0: yeah <laughs> no team to match <laughs> Dang it. i know exactly yeah so uh yeah, it's 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 definitely when you look at some of the other teams, it is kind of a, a, a confusing kind of situation. Excuse me, <clears throat> a confusing kind of situation with the Angels. No. No. But yeah, it's, it, the the team is underperforming. I think they they kind of saw last year and the way they played, and they were like oh, this year they could you know do it. And at the beginning of the season, they were killing it. I mean, you know, everyone was pit ever like the pitching staff was doing well, and yeah. um, you know they were running on on as many cylinders as they could um and getting it done. Trout's still doing his thing. Otani's oh, underperformed offensively, but again, we've said it before, this kind of uh proves how hard it is to do what he did last year. To replicate yeah. it, it to replicate it could be impossible. So um you know, I expect him to be better at the plate. Um I mean he the game that the Angels won, you could say he won single handedly. He pitched and hit a home run. Yeah, um yeah. so, you know, he, he was able to almost will a team to a win. Um, so it just shows how how good he is and, and what he can do um Now moving on to uh, a team that's on the opposite end of the spectrum they're having a lot of success now is the Braves so they started off the season slow uh the Mets oh, I think at one point maybe had an eight or nine game lead in the division um that has now shrunk to five uh because the Braves are on a on, on a winning streak I believe it's now let's see what's now what did it go to 11. So they're now five and, a half, five and a half games back of the Mets. And I mean, I, I okay, I, I certainly didn't see this coming, but I will say this, that I, at the beginning of the season, I didn't see much, I didn't see the Mets being this good. Um, so it's it's definitely surprising that the Braves have woken up and woken up to this extent. Uh, Phillies were also, you know, after they fired Joe Girardi, went on a little bit of a, of a winning streak, um, but they've come a little bit down back back down to earth but the Braves and and unfortunately as as uh you know we we off airs like the fact that you know has got hurt that you know comes at a horrible time. The Braves are playing so good and now they one of their studs is down. Um but with the whole Braves situation do you see them catching up to the Mets eventually or do you think the Mets will be able to hold them off um and uh, you know be able to secure that division because it looks like you know the, the Mets as in, they're not fully healthy. They 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 don't have they still don't have Scherzer. They still don't have Degrom. So the best for them technically on the field on paper is still is still to come. So you know what what do you see? How do you see the ALE shaping up at least up until like maybe like the 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 All Star break?
1: Yeah, I think I think you actually hit on the nose of the hammer. I think the the Mets do hold them off still. Um, you know, like we said, Scherzer and Degrom. You know, is <laughs> the Mets are playing well without them. They're pitching well without them. And then, you know, when they come in, that's just a whole, that's a whole nother team. Um, no, I don't see the Braves catching. I don't see them catching this team, but I do see the Braves pretty much staying on the tail, um, kind of keeping the Mets humble, kind of keeping the Mets on their toes in terms of like, hey, you guys, you guys start slipping up. We're right behind you. <laughs> We're not giving you a lot of breathing. room. We are We are right here. Um, so and I think you know, obviously, with Albies going down, that's unfortunate. That also, you know, kind of plays into the Mets' hands a little bit in terms of okay, well, you know, it's one one less offensive threat that that we have to worry about. Unfortunate that he's injured, but uh, you know he's not playing, so you know we don't have to worry about that. But they still got Acuna, uh, <laughs> William Contreras. He's playing well, and he's not even you know really the every day every day catcher. Travis Darneau is doing great. Uh, you know. This is a team that is right there. <laughs> They're right there. They, they have no reason to, to fall behind. Um, you know, Matt Olsen, I think Matt Olsen has been a productive hitter for them as well. I said it in the beginning of the year. I think he's going to be good for them. He's not Freddie Freeman, but he's still one of the best hitting first basemen in baseball. And um, they, they have these pieces that are going to keep them right there. It's a matter of injuries. It's a matter of who's going to crack first, because I do not believe that both of these teams are going to stay hot. Um, you know, even, even, even as early as the all-star break or maybe during up to the trade deadline, I think one of these teams are going to fizzle off a little bit. Um, but I, I have a feeling it might be the Braves before the Mets, but it could go either way. So I think they'll keep each other humble and they're motivated to outlast one another. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, them being the defending champions too. Also helps. I yeah. mean, they've been there and done that for most of their guys in the roster. So, um, I think that also helps with the the fact that you know that little bit of a of a hangover for the World Series um, that turnaround. I mean, I'm not, you know, in 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 the way that they've played in the way that they've bounced back. I guess that in that perspective, it's not really that surprising, just because they, we know we have they have it in them. Uh, but yeah, Acuna has been awesome since coming back from that injured list and. I mean, he's just doing his thing, you know, doing the LeBron celebration, crossing home plate. I mean, I love to see that. So hopefully he gets it going. He gets, you know, continues it that and uh, is able to carry them uh, pretty far in the playoffs because that'd be cool. I mean, right now in the NL, you kind of want any team to step up uh, to the Dodgers. And I mean, we saw the Dodgers are not playing their best baseball right now. They yeah. just got swept. They just got swept by the Ravel, the Giants. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, they, they got their own things going on. Um, but we'll we'll see. We'll follow that closely as well. Uh, the last team I wanted to get to uh, for the week is is uh, got to be the Marlins. So we we haven't Ugh. talked much about the Marlins this year, but um, really they aren't necessarily in playoff contention or anything like that. Twenty seven and thirty two. I guess realistically they could make a run at the sixth spot of the of the uh, a wild card. But uh, they should be better just because of the rotation. And they have two of the best pitchers in baseball, if not the best pitcher in baseball in Sandy Alcantara. Uh, but Pablo Lopez also, too, is just, I mean, these guys are the cream of the crop when it comes to pitching in the National League. Or just just like I said, baseball in general. Um, but I did want to talk a little bit about Chaz Chisholm as well, but we'll get to that in a second. But what do you what have you seen over these of about of these two guys in these uh, overall in the season and 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 just in overall the career? I mean, Alcantara, I feel like has been good his, his whole career so far up to this point. But what what are, the, what are these two guys and do you think these guys are going to be in Miami for the long run and you know be on the next Miami Marlin uh, winning team?
1: Yeah, you know, I'm really hoping. I'm really hoping they are. They, they've they've uh, they've really come into their to their own. Um, Oh my gosh, they have such great stuff. They, they have commanding fastballs and then breaking balls are complimented. They know how to locate, they know when to locate certain pitches. Um, I'm hoping, I'm hoping they do, they do stick around for, for the next Marlins team um, because this this duo that I, I I believe that people weren't really thinking about or talking about, including myself, uh, they're, they're, they're one of the reasons why the, the Marlins have somewhat stayed relevant. Uh, you know, not including Jazz Chisholm as well, but from a, a pitching standpoint, these, these guys have been, have been incredible. Um, I, think, I think, you know, picking, picking up the slack as much as they can, and they, they love to go deep in the games, you know, a contract getting taken out of the game the other day and really being frustrated about it. It just shows how much they care. They, this is a team, they, these are two guys that, that really care about, you know, winning, um, bringing, bringing, winning, as much winning baseball to Miami as they can. Um, And that, and that's one heck of a market too, Miami. And when, when I, when I went to the Marlins game this year, uh, the, the, the the number one thing I could could think about when I'm watching Papa Lopez pitch and and just, I'm looking at the stadium, I'm like, if if this Marlins team is a winning team, it must be a party to, to to, (laughs) in that area to, uh, to be on that team. It must be one of the best places on earth. Um, so you know, I'm hoping they are. I'm hoping they are. I would love to see the Marlins win. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm loving what these two guys are doing. Loving they go deep in the games and they pitch with so much authority.
0: Yeah, no, with with when the Marlins are good, I think it's 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 pretty awesome to see in Miami and and just yeah. with you know, and we and, and and it hasn't been that long ago. I mean, we saw these guys, um, you know, Alcantara at least we saw him in the playoffs in 2020. Um, I believe or If 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 he wasn't, he was on the team for sure. But, um, yeah, it's like with those you know winning teams in Miami, uh, they just add different type of spark, and they have they always have exciting players. I mean, like you know in this case, you know guys like Jazz Chisholm and stuff like that. Which I wanted to get to next, uh, is that uh there was uh, some controversy over the last weekend that that the players had a meeting. And it had a lot to do with Jazz Chisholm, and they they compared him to Dennis Rodman and said stuff like that to him. And we were talking a little bit before the show, but um, honestly, the way I see it, I, I don't necessarily see, like, on the field, I know that Jazz Chisholm brings a lot of uh, enthusiasm and a lot of, uh, you know, swagger to the game. So I, I personally don't, you know, I see nothing but positivity when it comes to Jazz Chisholm. Um, and, and like, as I said to you before, is like, I don't like why hate on the guy that's bringing you the, like the, their only offense? I mean, their problem for them has been the offense is that they haven't been able to score runs for their, you know, the great pitching staff. Yeah. So to, so to hate on the guy and, and to to drag down the guy uh, that's kind of doing all the offensive uh, stuff for you is, is a tough look. Um. But you, yeah, what's your overall look on and jazz in that situation?
1: You know, we, I, I'll say, maybe we don't know some of the, other things that go on I, I love the I love the flair that he brings I don't want him to change a, a single thing about what he does as a player um game we not every and I remember watching on we network uh, I forgot who said it but not everyone can, can walk around as this cookie cutter kind of person um let let some guys come into their own let them let them have their flair let them you know present the game and in, in, in and in a productive, but in a productive way, but also in a way where they feel represents who they are as a player. So I love it. I love who he is a player. I don't want that to change one bit. Don't do not change a thing about yourself. Jazz Chisholm, um, maybe, maybe certain interactions off the field, maybe certain things work ethic wise, didn't sit well with people. I don't know that de- there's always so many, so much details that we do not know. Unless you were on the team, we will never get all the details, ever, um, unless unless another last dance comes out. But, you know, it's just – hopefully, hopefully there's there some sort of common ground found. Um, clearly, Jazz is still being jazz, but I, I hope he also listened to his teammates as well and kind of thought to himself, okay, what can I do better to, you know, better my relationship with my teammates, kind of get them comfortable as well, because it's not just about it. A lot of games is the jazz chism, so – um, but it it, it 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 isn't just about him. So hopefully, hopefully he uh, hopefully he listened at the same time because I know he said that he has like a knack for he's a talent for not caring. Um, but you know still listen to your teammates because they are your teammates. These are your brothers for the season. So you know hope there's some sort of middle ground found with that.
0: No, yeah, it's very very well said. I mean, I think when it comes to those types of guys, it's like yeah, it's like bring everything you got. As, and just, but at the same time, don't be a negative distraction. Yeah. And yeah, maybe maybe he yeah. has been in the, in the clubhouse for that. Maybe it's something that you know that we haven't seen. Um, but hopefully they're able to figure it out. And hopefully their offense comes alive and they're able to spark, You know, you know because uh, because they got they, it's not just the starting staff. So they got some guys out of the pen that, that have been kind of electric, like O'Kurt and stuff like that. Just guys that yeah. have been exciting to watch. Yeah. So hopefully the Marlins are able to put together a little run and kind of um, you know bring a little more magic to Miami because they definitely need it. Uh, well, that's, that's a good uh, place to stop for this episode of the At-Bat Baseball Podcast presented by War Media. Uh, we hope everyone has another great week. Uh, my name is Saul Rodriguez. I'm with Miles Porter. And uh, we'll see you next week, everybody.